Good afternoon and welcome everybody to the council. <laughs> it's been a long time. Uh, I hope everybody's been doing really well and uh, since the last time. It's almost been a month since uh, we've been on the air here with everybody. And I just want to just thank you all for tuning in uh, every time we come on the air here at KUHS Radio TV Denver. Um, it is just an honor to be here, you know, and, and to be broadcasting from the beautiful city of Denver, Colorado. And uh, we, we're broadcasting not only here, but all across the nation and all around the world. Tuning in uh, from all over in Asia and India and Af uh, Afghanistan, Pakistan, uh, Europe, Greece, Italy, England, uh, South America, Argentina, Brazil's in the house, uh, other places down there, Peru. Um, all over the United States, thank you for tuning in and, uh, and listening to us here on the council. We are broadcasting live here at KUHS Radio TV Denver, and we just have some of the best VJ DJs around and bringing you the best programming, uh, the best uh, music and, and dance and everything that uh, is you know, leading us to make a better world for all of us. Uh, our goal is to be a light in the world where people can come to and listen to us and be able to have the important discussions that we need to have to bring our world closer together. And, uh, and that's why the council is so happy to be here at KUHS. We are uh, just you know, bringing people together to talk about the issues that are important to them. And uh, last night, uh, folks, we had uh, I do these uh, Gathering of Warrior events where we have people and invite people to come on to talk about uh, issues concerning veterans and, uh, and increasing the community, helping people to understand the, the challenges that some veterans face, not all, some veterans face, and how we can heal and grow from those wounds. And, and one of the things we had on the, on, on the gathering yesterday is we, we had a, uh, a woman come on that was, her name is uh, Linda Tai, and she ha was a Vietnamese refugee. She came... Uh, to Australia and then eventually to America, but she was one of the boat people that was, uh, had to flee South Vietnam after the uh, American presence, uh, after we left there. And her story was incredible. And so many uh, tears were, were shared and uh, understandings of, of, a, of a flight that very few people understand and know about. Uh, when we left Vietnam, a lot of the things that we did is we, we just blocked it out. We, we, we didn't want to be a we didn't want to remember it. It was a black stain on our, or dark stain on our, 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 our history, our, our heritage, and we just wanted to forget about it. But the consequences of war don't just leave because we left. You know, a lot of the times the people that were there were affected by these things. And so she shared her story uh, to our group, and I'm so grateful and thankful that she did. Uh, everybody who was there was deeply, deeply touched. And I think it's uh, I think we got to have more conversations like that um, as I've been reflecting on it, because very often we don't hear those stories. Uh, we're just so consumed about our own world and the things that are happening. And we want to we want to make sure that we, when we uh, when we go to war, we go to battle, that we're doing it for the right reasons. And uh, uh, and sometimes when you hear stories where people are or their lives are put in jeopardy. Uh, because of our actions, it makes you question, um, you know, making sure, are we doing the right thing? Are we fighting the right battles? Are we making the world a better place? Because that's ideally what we're doing is, is you know, we want to be, a, uh, you know, making sure that we're, we're, we're on the right side of freedom and, 
and liberty and justice for all and to make a better world for everybody. And, uh, and we need to learn and hear those lessons if we've done something that maybe wasn't in the, in the best interest of other people. So I'm hoping to be able to gen- engender those kinds of conversations and, uh, and bring people more uh, on board that have stories that need to be heard, um, that need to be shared so that we can become a, a, a better and wiser community uh, and, and nation as a whole. And one of the people that uh, I've been so happy to be introduced to is, is my guest here that we're about to talk with, to. And he is doing the same kind of thing where we're, we're both veterans coming out of uh, our experiences and, and seeing that there's a cross-section of different things and, and bringing uh, the civilian world and the, and the military world, the veteran world, all of us together so that we can really get a clear understanding and tapestry of the of, of the nature of, of the veteran experience and how that intersects with uh, the civilian world. There is a, a, a social contract that we have with the warriors and, and military members and uh, the society at large. Uh, essentially, our, our contract is, is that we're going out there to protect and defend and, and preserve life for you and your job is to t- help us when we come back. And if we're wounded or broken or hurt, you'll help us to, to, to regain a sense of the goodness that we started out with when, when, we, when we heard that call and we, we, we raised that hand. And, uh, you know, please, that's our, you know, there to take care of us when we come home. And sometimes we, uh, we, we miss the ball on that. And so people like uh, Robert here are doing the things that they can to make this world a better place. Robert Lehup um, is the founder and executive director of Bullets and Band-Aids. Robert joined the Marine Corps Infantry in 2000 and was part of the initial push into Afghanistan during Operation Enduring Freedom, where he received a certificate of accommodation for his participation in the capture of the Kandahar Airport as well as the Navy Achievement Medal for the taking of the embassy in Kabul. Having left the Marine Corps as a sergeant, he began working with artists in multiple different media, often raising money for charities. Before founding Bullets and Band-Aids, he dedicated hundreds of hours and raised thousands of dollars for local charities, as well as volunteering to teach creative writing to underprivileged children in and inmates in detention centers in North in South Carolina. He's a graduate from the University of South Carolina, where he won awards for outstanding work in the fields of writing for media arts. He is also a member of the Global Alliance for a Peaceful Earth, or AGAPE. Their website is www.bulletsandbandaids.org. That's bulletsandbandaids.org. Robert, welcome to the council. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's an honor to have you, sir. I mean, I, I've had a chance to get to know you and to talk with you. And we were, you referred to me by a dear friend uh, of mine, Athena. And, you know, I, uh, I just would like for everybody to get to know a little bit more about your background. And, and could you just share about why you joined the military? Uh, well, there are a few different reasons. Um, I think uh, uh, one of them being that I had a kind of a dynamic childhood, we'll say. Um, and so I'd pretty much uh, been, 
you know, left alone long enough to, uh, you know, get into trouble here and there. And, uh, uh, and I still had the want to do good, to help people. And I figured because I, I had already recognized uh, at a younger age that we were in fact all in this together, that I didn't know how to, to give back, uh, uh, how to, to show people that I genuinely wanted to invest in, in whomever it was that, uh, uh, that I was speaking with one way or another. And so the best way that I could think of to both give back while also finding some sort of uh, uh, um, responsibility uh, was going to be to join the, the military. And at the time, uh, I thought like what I thought was the hardest branch at the time, you know, was the Marine Corps. And of course, that's entirely subjective, you know, given your experience. <laughs> yes. And I. Uh, well, I think I think the Air Force is known as like the you know we have the couches and everything while everybody else is you know doing the work. So, but that's I mean I've got friends of mine that were in the Air Force that have been through some pretty incredible things. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to to downplay their capacity at all. Um, But uh, uh, yeah, so I figured like the hardest thing in the uh, uh, in the Marine Corps would be the infantry, and uh, yeah, so so off I went. Did you know what you were going to get into when you joined? I had uh, I had what I thought was a pretty solid understanding. Um, of course, all of us uh, uh, think that because we've seen the stories, uh, you know, either in movies or or just you know passed down, that uh, that we have a you know at least a vague idea of what's going to happen. I think one of the things that we don't pick up on is that these movies, these stories, they're about someone else <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean yeah. so it's like like anything that happens to you is going to be your story and not anyone else's and, and so uh uh you know i i found a band of brothers that much is true but uh but there were also significant negative things that i uh, uh either left in afghanistan or brought back with me mm. that uh you know i wasn't expecting which is which is very common. I mean, that's part of the universal experience of being a, a soldier, uh, a marine, an airman, uh, you know, seaman. They're, you're going to get those experiences because you're going to be changed by it. You're being asked to do things that the majority of the population uh, is not asked to do, and so it's going to going to change us in some ways. But there are also things that we love about the service. I love the camaraderie. I love the the men and women. I mean, I thought they were just uh, you know, top quality, some of my dearest friends. What were, um, what did you love about the service? And also, what, did, what didn't you like about it? Um, one of the things that I loved the most was the idea that uh, we recognize that we're all green. You know, like mm-hmm. light green, dark green, it didn't matter, we're all green. Yeah. And so the conversations that we had were entirely uh, like the, all of these these identifiers that people would pick up once they got out that they would, you know, have to defend uh, for, you know, whatever reasons uh, uh, weren't important at the time because our focus was a common goal. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I, I do in, entirely miss the, the open dialogue uh, and the, the comfort uh, of of support that was in fact there, even though we didn't know it. Now, granted, there were, uh, you know, things that were reinforced that I wish hadn't been. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but one of those things that uh, uh, that did matter was that uh, uh, we were uh, collectively, uh, you know, sharing a goal and in doing so, sharing our lives. I think that's so critical. That that band of brothers, that common goal. We're we're here for each other, and that mm -hmm. and that lo that love of that brotherhood is so. It's like uncomparable. I mean, it's just really strong. I do. I I do. If you don't mind, uh, I think I should add the caveat that uh, uh, there are a lot of people out there that don't necessarily have that feeling. Mm -hmm. um, if the you know for whatever extenuating circumstances, whether it be um that there i don't know there there have been people that were shunned for specific reasons mm -hmm. that uh uh so when they got out i'm sure they 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 kept some sort of disdain because they weren't given that and i've experienced that as well uh, you know in certain circumstances uh so it's not like a broad sweeping thing not everybody is going to find that band of brothers mm -hmm. um until they get out in which case it's actually like you know, the, the romantic aspects kick in and we're like, man, I miss these people. And then after that, it's reinforced. That's true. Yeah, and you're right. We've had people on the show that talk about things where uh, they, you know, that was missing, where we just recently had someone spoke about the military, uh, you know, sexual trauma and rape that has been going on. And so there is that violation, that betrayal of that. You know, here I am, that a team that's looking out for me and oh my gosh now they they just violated me and where do i belong and my gosh this is the worst betrayal that could possibly happen so you're right that does happen there are members that have experienced uh, the opposite of what we're talking about and i, I just think that's uh, um, because we're trying to you know run the gamut of stories uh, uh through bullets and band-aids dot mm -hmm. org <laughs> um <laughs> is uh, uh, that we can't discount the, uh, the value of their stories as well. So mm -hmm. it's yeah. critical, critical. Yeah. Now, what was you were in Afghanistan, um, Robert? What was I mean, that was pretty intense fighting that you were there and you engaged in. Um, what was the most profound, intense moment that you had while you were there? And I guess what I'm asking, is there a memory that really stands out above the rest there there were some moments that were of of such uh uh extreme that i will remember very very subtle details yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean um there's uh, uh whereas so much of it is kind of blurred um i do know that uh, uh I've, I've had a couple of friends that were tortured uh before they were killed and uh uh you know like um a kid getting killed with a rock. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but it's like it's, uh, it hurts. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, you know, uh, this is uh, uh, actually a common reaction um, is is smiling and uh, laughing about it because it is, <laughs> it is of such an extreme. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there was one guy in particular uh that i had made friends with who didn't speak english and i didn't speak dari yeah. and uh and yet over the span of several months uh we would attempt to talk and then uh realizing uh five minutes later the ridiculousness of the situation we burst into laughter yeah you know uh, uh i would give him 
just a, a you know a little bit of money and he would go out and and we'd eat pistachios and every like, 10th one tasted like the monkey cages in the zoo smell <laughs> <laughs> It was like a messed up Christmas, but it kept us yeah. going, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, but then he was, you know, tortured to death, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so that actually, um, that is the most profound thing that has ever happened in my life. Uh, uh, the relationship that I, that I had built with this man uh, is, is one of the most defining moments uh, uh, that I can think of. Um, and I think because this happened uh, uh, at a young age, I dedicated myself to making up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I just have to work with nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, I have to do my very best to, to, to enforce to others that everyone has value. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and in doing so, reinforcing social cohesion so that things like that aren't uh, accepted. So that's actually like uh, uh, one of the founding reasons why Bullets and Band-Aids uh, is a thing. It's amazing. It's because of that. It's really, thank you uh, sure. for sharing that. I, uh, there are those moments that we have um, in life that change us, uh, hopefully for the better that are mm-hmm. monumental watershed moments that wake you up to a reality that you suddenly say, wow, uh, you know, we need to make a shift here. We need to make a change here. And, uh, and thank you for sharing that with us in our audience because um, that's really, uh, sometimes that can be very difficult. So thank you. Well, absolutely. I, I think having told my story makes it easier for me to discuss it. Yeah. Well, then it also gives other people permission to share their story as well, um, because they, when they see that kind of honesty, vulnerability, and truth, and you are, you are able to share it with such a large group of people that are tuning in and watching and listening, it gives people permission to say, you know what, I can do the same thing. Maybe somebody can hear my story now, too. No, I no longer have to carry this alone anymore. So, thank you. Thank you, sincerely. So, when you got back, you got back into life and the arts. And what was that? What was the reintegration process for you? Did you have a difficult time? And what led you to seek out the arts? Well, I'd always appreciated uh, uh, art the the uh, uh, I you know in whatever form you found it uh, um, writing music uh, uh, visual art it had always been uh, uh, pushed into my head that it was very important I didn't know until later that uh, the idea of, of uh, visual art bare minimum uh, being a sensory metaphor would allow us to to uh, relate to it uh, in ways that we wouldn't uh, typically allow ourselves um, but so, so that had carried on throughout, but once I had, once I had left, um, I had kept the idea that I was going to die the next day. And I stayed that way for about a decade. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah. uh, and it's, uh, uh, so it made it the, the way that I was acting, 
um, made it difficult for people to understand where I was coming from. And because of my previous experiences, I had also distanced myself from a lot of uh, uh, military things in, in general. Uh, um, it just, it hurt too much. Uh, it got to a point where, you know, even when I was listening to the national anthem, it was, it was bittersweet. Mm -hmm. um, it just, uh, uh, and, and I couldn't speak to anyone about it um, because I personally hadn't addressed it. Um, so that was that was how it was. And, and of course, like so many other veterans who are going through the same things, I, I, I had, uh, you know, issues with substance abuse and uh, uh, violence yeah. and uh, um, honestly, suicidal ideation, mm -hmm. um, which is just typical. And I'm not scared to, to talk about it um, because that's just, a, you know, it's a part of our human journey yeah. one way or another. And here we are. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is. And you know what? When you're saying those things about the, you know, I went through the same kind of thing of uh, substance abuse, drug and alcohol addiction, severe chronic depression, suicidal ideation. And, and I was a noncombatant. I was working on the, the, the nuclear warfare program. I was in charge of these mobile units that would only be used to conduct end-to-end -end nuclear war. And I was like, you know, this is not, this is wrong. What are we doing? This is insane. And uh, and so but the, but the the journey itself is universal, you know, it is. And so to get through to the other side, you're you've made it. You, you and, and that's what's so beautiful uh, that you've gotten to that other side so you can show people how you did it, you know, how you were able to get there. And so how is it, you know, in your healing, is it critical to be able to share your story in a meaningful way that benefits others when they're surrounded by the darkness around them? I mean, I know it was important for me, but how difficult was it for you to be able, you know, you took you 10 years to be able to start to piece together all those little disparate elements so you could finally get up in front of a group of people and share your story. Um, I think, uh, uh, Honestly, at the time, I'd, I'd been doing a lot of writing and I had tried to help out uh, as often as I could, uh, but I still had this feeling where I had nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wasn't scared. It was just, you know, um, uh, what, what was it? Mark Twain said, when the mobs and the press and the whole world tell you to move, your job is to stand like a plant yourself like a tree by the river of truth and say no you move yeah and so yeah. i just kind of uh decided to own it without worrying about uh, what other people thought about it mm -hmm. and so the amount of freedom that came not simply from writing it but from knowing that other people had recognized it was profound it was entirely profound mm. i was i uh and, and it took uh, an inspiration for me to do it. And what I were, had to be held to the coals, basically. Ah, okay. Hmm. And you were able, that inspiration that allowed you to do that, is that what ended up leading you to be to doing that TEDx talk that you did, which was so brilliant uh, and <laughs> opened it up? I mean, could you describe how you came up to that moment? I mean, to be able to share it and, and what what 
what those feelings were like that you were going through. I think uh, uh, given, given the agency, mm-hmm. given the opportunity, I felt as though it was uh, my, my duty, basically, to, uh, uh, to acknowledge it and uh, uh, to voice it. Uh, because it's not, you know, my, my, uh, uh, my oath of service didn't stop once I got out. So it was the only way that I knew of to, uh, to help and to, to uh, know my place uh, in the world. So that's uh, uh, like given the opportunity and being able to do, you know, like, like on a platform, like a, like a Ted talk, you're not going to phone it in. (laughs) 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 Like you lean into it. Um, So yeah, it's uh, a, and even then I I still managed to get choked up. I couldn't help it. The, uh, uh, the, the feeling of uh, the alleviation of, of weight uh, having finished, like at that very last few sentences, when I realized that I had, I had done it, I had voiced what it was that I was attempting to do. I, uh, I broke down a little bit. I caught myself. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, like such was the power of, of being able to, uh, you know, express myself to society and be a part of it. So it was huge. It was a big deal. And, and that's so, so bullets and band-aids is trying to offer that style of agency yeah. uh, uh, to all these other veterans. It's just, uh, so was that, you know, I mean, that'll that's a perfect lead into where we're going now. Um, it was to talk about bullets and band-aids, you know, was this the, where it started to germinate or, or to, to be, to begin, how did, how did bullets and band-aids come into being and, uh, and what does it want to address? Well, um, so I had always, again, I could always recognize that we were all in this together. And, and with that, I recognized that there was potentially support if, you know, if you had the, 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 uh, the courage to, uh, to ask for it, mm-hmm. but also a responsibility. And I thought, you know, uh, uh, so much of this is reinforced through dialogue. And everybody is, is uh, uh, especially nowadays, is so... Uh, reticent so so scared to have conversations with people that aren't exactly like them that uh it, it robs everyone mm-hmm. of uh, uh of you know the reason why we're here which is to experience mm-hmm. are you familiar with Carl Jung oh of course yes I right, studied right, right. him during yeah, my he, graduate studies I study him so he said as far as we can discern the sole purpose of human existence is to kindle a light of meaning within the darkness of mere being right <laughs> yeah, that's so great yeah it's, it's one was uh, i mean his mind was just so profound we were so lucky to have him uh, entirely that's a great yeah, way of putting it just and so like uh uh the the uh, uh in my estimation that means to experience and because you know i can't just hop on a plane and go to papua new guinea it's got to be through storytelling mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so the, the social cohesion that's been brought on by storytelling, I mean, like, if you think about it, that's how we know about medication and how to, mm-hmm. you know, build knives and, and all of these other things, uh, that it was fundamentally a portion of our human condition. Mm-hmm. And given the sensory metaphor that art presents, if you, if you put those two together, uh, uh, what you have is a culmination uh, of of human experience that can be shared and uh, uh, and celebrated, and I think that has been a mortar 
for our society that's just not been there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, like, as, as a society, that, that uh, uh, we are estranged from, from one another. And just like uh, uh, anyone that's estranged uh, from anyone else, there's, the, there's a mourning and a, and a dull, aching want to have that resolved. Mm-hmm. And so I figured that this would be uh, um, the best way the, uh, that I personally would be able to affect change. Mm-hmm. It, well, just, it just, I'm sorry. I just think it's brilliant. You know, I think <laughs> it's really beautiful and how you're able to, to, because one of the great things, one of the things about the elements of a healer are, are really good is uh, understanding that there are, you have four different salves, you know, singing, dancing, story making, storytelling and silence. You know, and that's really, and that's so basic, and it's that goes back to our early ancestors, and that's how we were able to communalize uh, the things that happened to us, the things that we experienced. You know, when warriors in in ancient cultures would go out, they would go out and they would fight the battles, they would protect the tribe, they would protect the clan, whatever it was, and then they come back and they share the story with everybody. This is what happened to me. This is what goes, and then all of this, and I did this, and all. And it was communalized. It was shared. You did this for us. We do this for you. So you, and but we don't have that. We we, we and so you're filling social in a gap. Contract. Yeah, it's that social contract. You're filling in that gap for people in a brilliant, brilliant way. And so let's just talk about how does bullets and band aids benefit those involved. So um, the the great thing about bullets and band aids is that. Uh, if you participate, it benefits you. Mm. So as a veteran, as a writer, as an artist, as uh, somebody that holds the venues, as pe- you know, people that support us, um, anytime you touch it, it's going to benefit you. Mm-hmm. The veterans get the, uh, uh, the release of telling their stories. They get the agency to be able to. Mm-hmm. And I've had veterans approach me before saying, I, ha- I would not have been able to tell my wife this story, were it not for bullets and band-aids. Wow. But then wow. also recognizing that they are uh, uh, reinforcing that there is support and understanding and commonality uh, uh, can reinforce their own uh, purpose and nobility in a way that you cannot discount. Mm-hmm. Um, and also at the end of our touring art exhibit that we have, uh, they get a high-resolution print on canvas mm-hmm. of one of their selected pieces. It doesn't have to be theirs because not everybody wants to be reminded. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so they get that as well. And we also partner up with other local nonprofits in order to uh, provide them, a, a, the, the veterans, a means of, uh, uh, of getting these resources that they might otherwise not have known. And that's just the veterans. The artists get 40% of the auctioned-off work. Mm-hmm. Um, the writers are, uh, you know, bare minimum get published. We're going to be putting this into the uh, Library of Congress. Wow. Um, yeah. That's, <laughs> and that's great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, and the, uh, the touring aspect of the show, uh, you know, gives everybody uh, involved on a micro and macro scale. Um, uh, what's the term? Ad, mar, uh, exposure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of this while celebrating uh, our common human journey. Mm-hmm. Well, it, which uh, I, I want to kind of like uh, move it to the question because people will be asking, you know, the human journey. What about 
my journey. I'm not a veteran. You know, why is it just veteran stories? Why not everybody's story? So um, the, uh, uh, the reason why we're using uh, uh, veteran stories is the hyperbolic uh, uh, nature of them. But let's also keep in mind that this is a veteran-centric art therapy nonprofit, mm. which means the stories themselves should have a veteran-centric focus, but does not necessarily need to be told by those veterans. We've had people uh, uh, donate poems uh, uh, from, we had one person donate a poem uh, from their brother who had committed suicide. Mm -hmm. We have a, another in our upcoming show who was a Medal of Honor winner, but because uh, uh, he jumped on a grenade in uh, uh, Vietnam, his sister is going to be uh, telling that story. Wow. And uh, yeah, so, so uh, you don't have to be a veteran to, to be able to tell the story. Um, having said that, though, uh, uh, there was there was a, a parable, the uh, parable about the, uh, the Zen master being chased off of a cliff by a tiger. And as he's falling, he uh, uh, he catches himself on the roots of an overhanging tree. And once he comes to terms with the idea that he's either going to fall to his death or climb up and be rent by that tiger, he sees in front of him a strawberry and he reaches out, plucks it and tastes it, and it is the most extraordinary strawberry he has ever had. And the thing that underscores that is the threat of death. But beyond that, in a very real way, that strawberry wouldn't be any more delicious than any other strawberry he'd had. Mm -hmm. And that Zen master would recognize as a Zen master that he's not special either. We are literally talking about having the, the, the soul of a human being and the what would otherwise seem potentially mundane to be celebrated. So humans and the world and our integration into it, we are, we are attempting to understand. Um, that's why veteran stories. I love it. I love it. I love, I'm so glad you brought that. I was, I was hoping I was to tell that uh, Zen story about because it, it, there's so much there. It's so rich because we have our fears and the tiger. And, and, and again, it's all connected to death. And you're about to fall. You let go. And if you just take the moment to eat this, it's the best because you're in, you know, there's in the rapture of life in that moment. And that's the best thing you can do right there. I mean, it, and it just speaks to you know, letting ourselves be present right now with each other, because that's all we have. You can allow those fears to devour you, or you can and and or you can let go and just drop and surrender. And eventually, if you can enjoy that strawberry, oh my gosh, I love it. It's so great. Thank you. Um, I'm what's that? I said I'm excited about it. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> great, man. It's great. Um, you know, I, I love, too, that bullets and band-aids. One of the big things, and, and we just touched on it here just a little bit, but you're dealing with fear. You're addressing fear and, and, uh, and how we approach it. We all experience it. We all have it. Um, Buddha talked about it. Uh, it's as a universal truth, one of his noble truths. Life is dukkha. It's suffering. How does bullets and band-aids address fear um so i think by by offering uh, a a large swath of different styles of story mm. uh and by uh 
working around these identifiers to show the soul behind it. Uh, a perfect example of this, actually, and I'm sorry I keep on bringing up quotes, but these are these are very succinct ways of putting it. Are you familiar with Dune? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I remember so, seeing that as a kid watching the old movie, right? Dune? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was also a book by uh, Frank Herbert. They're coming yeah. out with another one. But regardless, there's this thing called the litany against fear, mm. right? And it says, I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I must master my fear. I must allow it to pass over and through me. And when I turn my inner eye to where that fear had begun, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. <laughs> that I, that's what we're addressing. Yeah. That's the monk on the cliff. That's how we are trying to uh, uh, show that we have so much more in common with one another than anything we could possibly do to separate us. I love it. That's a great, that's a great, yeah, you, that's, that's, boy, isn't that such a um, part of an, it's an archetypal journey of life, you know, addressing that fear, coming, meeting it, and, and, and getting to a place of fearlessness courage and fearlessness to be able to, to, to deal and live our life to the fullest without feeling under threat, you know, without having that. Oh, Which so allows you, that, that, that allows you, you were, you were mentioning Duca earlier, you're familiar with Atman, yes? Oh, yes, yes. All right, right. So I look at that as basically being a neuron that's begging for synapses. You know, like so, so, so these, these individual people, uh, these souls that we're addressing, want these relationships. Mm -hmm. They want these neural pathways from one person to the next to the next to to function and work off of one another. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to, you know, provide that. Yeah, that's so great. Now, what are some just could you describe to us some of the stories that you have covered just to give us an idea? You've talked about a couple of the 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 medal of honor winner who jumped on the grenade and mm -hmm. uh, what you've learned. I mean, in this in these these uh, tours that you've done and the stories that you've collected, could you give us just some idea um, about what you've learned and discovered about us humans? <laughs> it's a loaded question, well, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. There's so much. There's so much that I could say. Um, I do know that, like, first and foremost, like, every veteran has stories about this, even, even if they don't think they do. Um, uh, a, a small story just to address this. I had a, I was interviewing somebody at one point and they said, I don't have a story for you. When I got back from Vietnam, people were spitting on us. Mm -hmm. So I decided to do my own artwork and it helped and it's not for anybody else. And you know what? When they, like everybody, you can see it right behind their eyes. Mm -hmm. They want to spit on you again. And I was like, man, you just told me four stories. Yeah. <laughs> like, you literally just told me four stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but, but there's, uh, uh, there was one, um, like some of the conversations I've had, uh, there was a Navy SEAL that, uh, 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 who had been in Syria, um, Sierra Leone, mm -hmm. uh, Afghanistan, Iraq. I asked him where the worst place he'd ever been before, and he said, uh, New Orleans, oh, Katrina. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's, that was one. Uh, we have another one coming up. Uh, it was a friend of mine who used to be a corpsman who joined uh, the Marine Corps Infantry. 
And I had spoken to him recently. It had been a while since we touched base, and it turns out he'd gone on 10 tours. 10? 10, yes. And he wrote a story about uh, um, watching and hearing and uh, like, like taking in a river uh, uh, immediately after uh, his, uh, uh, his, car, his uh, uh, truck had been hit with an IED. How it was just like, boom, river. Uh, the 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 existential occurrence that happened with that is is incredible. But we've also covered things like a uh, uh, weaponized pride, <laughs> you know, yeah. like yes, uh, uh, I'm proud that I shot this guy, and when I'm in a bad mood, I'll go to my Footlocker and I'll pull out the the thing he was wearing, and somewhere inside I smile. Yeah. That's not to say that's a uh, uh, that's a good thing. But it is to say that uh, uh, that man was trying to express himself. Mm-hmm. He was trying to find out who it was that he was amidst everyone else. And that, to me, uh, speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've covered LGBTQ issues. We, we've, uh, we've covered sexual assault. Um, so the, the, what we are trying to do is use poignant stories to reinforce uh, uh, not simply the threads that bring us together, but we are in fact cut from the same cloth. It's great. It's great. <clears throat> I love it. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, and you're giving this connection, this integration of the human story along with writers and along with artists. Now, when they have this story, could you describe the process again? And then how does this definition of bullets and band-aids about how does the viewing of these pieces together with mm civilians with other people how does that get people talking how does this collaboration create the synergy that enables healing to happen absolutely okay so um what we do is we uh we get we interview veterans we get their stories and then we have uh local civilian writers write those stories and then local civilian artists do something based off of that and through the dialogue that happens there and the justification that, that each one of these people sees in, uh, in the value of collaboration, as well as, uh, uh, <laughs> um, as well as the dialogue and the exchange that goes along with uh, um, you know, the, the people that come to the exhibits themselves, because the artists are gonna bring pre- people, the writers, the veterans, uh, uh, and through that, there's going to be dialogue and communication and a celebration of of this event together and then what's more is that we uh we create a book that has the story juxtaposed to the artwork with the artist statements in the back mm-hmm. uh uh in order to have uh have people be able to take take it home with them mm-hmm. so one of the great things about art is that uh, uh including writing is that it literally transcends time and space which is why we can dig van gogh you know yeah. or or like monet's or something uh uh so that book if it's on a coffee table or something like that can start further conversation yeah well and i think being able to have that with the with the the the, the veteran story and the people talking you know it engenders the ability to for people to really get a grasp an idea of of uh, people's experiences that they may not have understood before in a context that is uh, digestible for them. 
You know, where sometimes you can't hear everything, but I can get that. I can get it from that painting. I can get it from that little story. I can, I can get the essence of it, and now I understand. Now I can, now I can relate. Now I can embrace you. Now I can, I can see you. And it is about being seen, right? I mean, it's about us being, seeing each other and hearing each other, listening to each other. Absolutely. If you, uh, uh, if you show up in the spirit of collaboration, then you can allow, even, even if you're not aware of it, mm-hmm. that, that visual metaphor uh, uh, allows you to apply who it is that you are to this piece. So, um, like, if you're listening to music, uh, it's, uh, you know, you're recognizing the tone that you just heard, you're, you're digesting the tone that you're listening to, and then the third is the expectation of the next note, which, in fact, makes you a musician. Uh, if you look at a piece of artwork and you say, I wonder why they did this, I would have done this. Mm-hmm. Um, that means that you have applied yourself to that that work of art. And in doing so, you are allowing a perspective that is outside of your own. That's great. <laughs> why do you think so? Uh, what are some of the things that veterans, uh, you know, let's say they're, they're hearing, they're, they're listening to us talk about it. They're very interested in uh, what you're doing at Bullets and Band-Aids. What are some things that they can expect uh, if they want to participate? Okay, so um, if uh, uh, our, our website, so we're asking people to do three things. One, check out the website. Two, donate. Three, tell three other people. Yeah. That's what we're going for. On our submissions page for the website, it has uh, what to expect as a veteran, what to expect as a writer and what to expect as an artist. And it goes through specifically like step-by-step uh, uh, step how it is that, uh, that we have done these in the past and how it is that we expect to do them in the future. So if you are interested in being a part of it, if you are a veteran, a writer, or an artist, or know someone that is, you can go onto our submissions page. And because we are a rolling show, we will eventually be in touch and uh, uh, we can, you know, have you participate in the future. It's so great. Now, are, is, uh, is the scope, what is the scope for Bullets and Band-Aids? Is it, uh, are you uh, just limited to, uh, you know, U.S. veterans or is this a, a worldwide, international? I mean, uh, what's the scope that you have? The, uh, well, our, our goal, our watershed goal uh, um, was to have two people from opposite ends of the same conflict be in one show oh wow yeah that was that was our goal um and then COVID hit (laughs) and so we were thinking like we would reach this this watershed moment five or ten years down the line but because we were uh uh, we were being focused we had to focus our attention on uh online presentations Mm -hmm. sky's the limit uh so now we have uh two people from argentina someone from Liberia, someone from Zimbabwe, um, uh, two people from the UK, someone from the Netherlands, uh, at least one person from Palestine, at least one person from Israel. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so right now our focus, like the, 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 uh, the touring show that we have coming up is going to be centered in the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just because we need to, uh, it's going to be, we want to make sure that we give all of the attention we can and that we have everything down as a nonprofit to make sure that all of our, our uh, uh, ducks are in a row. Having said that, we are entirely an international uh, uh, nonprofit now. I had 
no idea. And it's, it's like, it's been a tidal wave. Mm -hmm. It's been a tidal wave of, of influence and uh, uh, support. And uh, now I think our next show, depending on how big it's, it's definitely going to be bare minimum, the Southeast, if not spread out throughout the United States. That's so great. Well, wow. well, the cool thing, yeah, the cool thing being that that all uh, because we have this is going to probably be dorky, but like uh, uh, it's it's operational. So once we have the operational cost taken care of, everything is is less expensive, and we can get larger, faster. So it's uh, uh, it's just set up to, uh, uh, and we have all of these different stages of development, and uh, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's happening. So, <laughs> so how yeah, many cities? How many cities are you going to tour when you get the? When is the the tour actually going to happen? Uh, it's going to be in November, mm -hmm. and uh, right now we've locked in four cities. We're trying to go for five, um, but uh, uh, yeah. So so that is what we're. It's it's going to be again focused in the Carolinas this time. Mm -hmm. um, but with the uh, we have people on the board that are out in LA. Uh, uh, excuse me, Long Beach, uh, people in Florida. Um, we are, the, our intention and, and our momentum is going to make it entirely uh, possible for us to grow and quickly. Mm. Yeah, I'm very excited. As a matter of fact, we've got a, a, a guy that was an advisor to the last three presidents that's on our board. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah, that's fantastic. And that's when you know, I think when you have uh, Robert, when you have little uh, um, synchronicities like that that come in and you have people that that believe in your work, believe in what it is that you're doing and understand the, 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 how valuable it is uh, in order to create the conversations and the, and the storytelling that is so necessary for so many veterans. What people don't get is that uh, the number of veterans that are committing suicide it well exceeds what we lost in in the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh, what we're doing is not working. A lot of them feel alone, isolated, alienated, unable to speak their truth, unable to be acknowledged. They're not being seen. Uh, they're they're not even being given an opportunity to be able to, you know, be around with other people that really understand, you know, what they're going through. And so that's why it's so important to get your workout and other people's workout so that we can show that there are places, there's resources out there, there's people out there that can really, really help you and help make a difference. It's, it's, it's uh, uh, acknowledging your tribe mm -hmm. one way or another and, and, uh, uh, and allowing your tribe to, to, to recognize you as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. When, uh, what are you attempting to create by bringing all these veterans, writers, artists together from around the world? Um, I think, I think, especially given that globalization has such a, a coin toss of good and bad, mm -hmm. uh, what we are doing is having people that are like, having the best portions of a person create the best portions of a society that reinforces the best portions of the world, given that we're all human. Yeah. So um, if we can tamp down on things like, like suicidal uh, ideation, uh, uh, domestic violence, 
uh, drug abuse by reinforcing that, uh, um, you know, the, the responsibility and uh, uh, the support that comes along with being all in this together, then that will, uh, uh, that will allow us to get that much closer to, you know, the, the great mystery or, or um, you know, God uh, or, or you know, how, however it is um, that you allow yourself comfort and the ability, the, the platform to also do good in your own right. So some of this is actually measurable and some of it is not. And the measurable parts we're good with. That's fine. We already have those on lockdown, no stress. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, it's those that are measurable. Those that pick up the book from the coffee coffee table, Mm -hmm. for example. Those that are, are allowed the opportunity to speak you know, with, with their father about, uh, uh, you know, about what's been going on or, or, or uh, their friends. There's so many people out there who don't talk about uh, uh, the, the issues that they've been going through. And in that, um, in that loneliness that has been socially contracted, you know, if you're, that you, have, you have things like uh, uh, if you tell your story, you weren't there. Like that's crazy. It's like what? Yeah, but it's like, yeah. yeah. I think I yeah, was there. It's this, yeah, it's the same thing. Like when I used to teach um, uh, the the inmates, uh, two things that would totally hit home with them. One is that there's two types of good people in this world: mm-hmm. those that fight off darkness, and those that fight toward light. Mm-hmm. And the other being the idea of like crying, making you less of a man. Mm-hmm. When in fact, it's like that's a physical response to an emotional occurrence or sometimes even a physical occurrence. Mm-hmm. The only thing that would make you uh, weak would be to stop yourself from doing it because other people are telling you to. Exactly. You know, I don't know where that came from, Robert. I don't know how we got into that place where we couldn't uh, be humans and express emotions. You care about people. My goodness, if you lose somebody, well, you should be able to mourn and cry and grieve for that. That's part of the human process. That is, that make, well, I don't know where it got into our mental construct that we couldn't emote, that it was somehow not manly. I found it makes you stronger. It makes you more resilient. It makes you healthier. It makes you wiser. And it doesn't take anything away from courage under fire or challenges, that, none, of, none of that at all. You're just no longer under the cloud of emotions that have not been processed that might force you to act out on those emotions in a way you wouldn't have done if you'd have cleared that stuff out. Absolutely. It's a responsibility because uh, to to express and tell your story and share it, even if it's just on paper by yourself. Yes. Because uh, uh, if you are hurting those people that you love, those people that are around you, is it not still your responsibility to address those things? Yes. Yes. You know, and and uh, uh, and if that's not your responsibility, then you need to recheck that oath you took. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do, man. I do. Yeah. I do. Um, I love on your website when I was looking at your website, you had this thing. I, I want you to touch on it here a little bit before we uh, we close the show today. But you say that you are more than a nonprofit. We are, we are far more than a nonprofit. We are a movement. I love it. What do you mean by that? So um, there, uh, uh, the amount of people that approach us while we're doing these shows 
is so many more than we initially have being a part of it because everybody sees the value in this. Everybody does because it affects everyone in a positive way. Like it, this is like this is like almost a, a, a perpetual motion machine, like almost. Uh, and it's put together with uh, 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 through a lattice. So if one person falls out, you still have the lattice. Mm-hmm. This this thing is built to a place where if something were to happen to me tomorrow, somebody else could take my place and keep it going. And yeah, and, and, and then uh, 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 on, and then we're also like spreading through these different countries already. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, well, it's feeding a need. I mean, it's you're bubbling up. I mean, you're, if you can reach across, because again, uh, and we've hit on this, and this has kind of been a driving point. These are universal themes. the The warrior experience, the soldier experience, is cross cultural. It is not just us. It is universal. It is global. And so those stories are bubbling up in the access and the ability that this provides them a way that helps them to, to interact with another human being, to be able to have their stories written in a way that uh, highlights and give, keeps their dignity and respect and, and maintains that sense of goodness about them. Um, and, and, and then being able to share that in a piece of artwork and touring. It's so great. And it's and, and it's it goes beyond language too, it goes beyond that. It goes to that universal human spirit that that we lives in all of us, and we just have to be happen to be a unique expression of the, our own soul of that in universal experience. So. Absolutely, and it's dignity. You had mentioned dignity. It's yeah. all about dignity, because it's there. Everyone is deserving of it. Mm-hmm. Boy, it sounds like you love what you do. I do. I, yeah. It's. it's uh, <laughs> It's it's a wonderful uh, uh, thing to be a part of, uh, uh, let let alone to to help yeah. create uh, one way or another. It's just just to know that I uh, that if anyone touches this, they benefit somehow. It's just I'm very proud to be a part of it. Um, how can people help you, and how can they get in touch with you uh, if they are listening from the southeast uh, in the Carolinas and Georgia and that area? How can they come to how can they find out about information on this on the show that's beginning in November, right? It's starting in sure, November. Absolutely. So um, we uh, uh, again check the website, donate, tell three friends. Mm-hmm. That's what we want. Check the website, donate, tell three friends. Um, but also uh, on the submissions page, there are uh, uh, you know things for writers, veterans, and artists. Uh, that they can fill out where uh, we, we go, th- we check those and uh, we will be referring to those in the future one way or another. So you don't have to necessarily be in South, in, in the Carolinas or Georgia or Florida. Uh, if you want to participate in this, you can be from anywhere. So, I mean, that's why we have these, uh, these people from Liberia and uh, the Netherlands and Argentina and all these other places is that uh, um, it doesn't matter where you are, you can participate in this somehow. If not in this upcoming iteration, mm-hmm. then the next one or the next. Uh, uh, and as we expand, we are going to be hitting up different regions with their own individual uh, bullets and band-aids mm-hmm. uh, set up so that they will also have the opportunity to, uh, 
to to step up and join us. <laughs> That's great. You know? Fantastic. Yeah. Well, we are certainly here at the council stepping up and joining with you. And the gathering of warriors uh, that we have, we are stepping up and are standing with you because what you're doing is amazing. It's incredible. It's helpful. It speaks to each the dignity of each person's soul and what lives within them. And that no story it, uh, is, is, is not worth being shared, that every story counts, that every soul counts. And, and we're going to stand by you here on the council as much as we can. Well, we have that in common. So, I mean, I just, we, we all both go to the same barber, too. So I, I, I know <laughs> when true. I first met you, we, uh, we had something, we, we got a good thing going on here. So, uh, folks, uh, I just want to do a quick shout out again to KUHS Radio TV Denver. We are broadcasting live here in beautiful Denver, Colorado. And I just want to thank Henry and everybody in the back there for all the work that they do. To make this go seamless and to all the, the, the lighting and the, the sound and the connections to all of our different platforms all around the world. It's, we couldn't do it without you, Henry. And everybody here at KUHS, tune in. we got some great programs, a lot of wonderful people here, great music, outstanding music. So tune in, KUHSDenver.com. Robert, this has been fantastic, man been a pleasure um i always ask my guests uh this last question before we close out the show i'm a familiar (laughs) (laughs) if you could give one bit of advice one bit of wisdom from your life experience Mm. what would it be Uh, (laughs) don't uh don't project your standards onto other people because in doing so you miss the brilliance of uh, the brilliance and perspective that they can offer. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's def- That's deep, man. <laughs> it's really life experience there. Uh, don't project your ex- expectations, your experiences onto others. Entirely. Entirely. Because they have something to offer and not necessarily in your shadow. Yes. Boy, if we had that perspective, we would be so much more open and available to listening, to accepting, to celebrating our uniqueness and diversity. And, and just it would be a, a much more peaceful and happier world, I think. <laughs> uh, uh, Robert, yeah, thank you so much, sir, for being on the show today with us. Folks, it is bulletsandbandaids.org. That's www.bulletsandbandaids.org. Folks, thank you so much for tuning into the council today. We are adjourned. May you all be well. May you all be free of pain and suffering. May you all be whole. God bless everyone. We'll be back in a few weeks with another great show. Tune in. See you soon.